Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another SoundCloud session. We are going to give it a minute and let everyone come into the room as we jam to one of the latest singles by Ella Hold on, little Dragon Ella Minus remix. Hi, Harrison, Carlos, and Ryan. Oh, hey. <laughs> I just realized I have to unclick the microphone, but yeah, cool. Hey. And I like your the CD. <laughs> it's like a cloud CD cover, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Cool. All right, we're waiting for a few more folks to enter the room, but welcome everyone to First on SoundCloud's Clubhouse session with Ella Minus starting very shortly. As we listen to Little Dragon Ella Minus Hold On Remix, new single of 2021. Brand new remix. Hi, Philippe. Hi, Susan. Hi, Ella. I think we have everyone here. Hi. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, hi, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I think everyone is here, yeah? Yes, it looks yep. like it. Perfect. Welcome everyone who has joined the room. We are back with another episode of First on SoundCloud's Clubhouse Sessions, where we chat with each First on SoundCloud artist and their team to learn how they've made it to this moment, to find out what they're working on next. Uh, I think we've done about seven episodes so far, and they've all been amazing. And this is really your front row and center chance to go behind the scenes into the artist's journey. So whether you are a fan, a friend, or someone who stumbled into our room, we are so excited that you are here. Make sure you follow the greenhouse at the very top, which is the SoundCloud Club. You will never miss a notification. You will be there every time that we have a talk like this. And I will go over kind of how we're going to run the room today. We're going to chat with Ella and her team for the first 45 minutes, and we'll save all your questions for the end. So if you have a question, you can raise your hand at the end of the hour, and we will get to you. So think of what you want to say. I see a couple of hands are raised already. That's beautiful. Save those for the end of the talk. And now let's get into it. I would love to introduce singer... Artist, musician, badass, Ella Minus, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, um, Jasmine. Um, no problem. Happy to we, be here. We normally give you an air horn, so let me uh, get that ready for you. <laughs> That's well. the proper way, proper way to welcome you. Thank you. So, uh, and welcome to her entire team. I think it would be great to start out with introductions and um, we can kind of go in order if you pull to refresh and see, you know, what role everyone has in your life, Ella, that would be awesome to hear. Maybe Harrison, let's start with you. Hi, Jasmine. Uh, yeah, I work for Ella's label. I'm on the uh, digital sales side of things. I'm the junior accounts manager for uh, Domino Records. Amazing. Fine. We'll get into that, too, a little later. Carlos, tell us about your life. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Carlos. I'm part of Ella's A&R team uh, on both the publishing side and also the record side. Uh, I've been doing it for Domino for six years, I believe, at this point. Um, and it's been a wonderful journey so far. And always a pleasure to work with amazing artists like Ella. Awesome. Very cool. Ryan with the Cloud CD throwback. What about you? <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, I'm Ryan. I'm one half of the creative studio, Dr. Me, based in Manchester in the UK. And uh, we worked with Ella on her visual identity and kind of creating the visual universe that um, everyone sees alongside Ella's visuals. Which are so dope. 
and we'll Thanks. we'll get into we'll get yeah, into yeah. The, the grayscale hot pink designs <laughs> that I love. Um, Philippe, cool. what about you? Yeah, uh, thanks, Jasmine, and hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Philippe. I work uh, with Ella as um, her manager, and I'm the second Colombian of, uh, of, this, of this chat. So, um, yeah, happy to, to be here, and, um, and, yeah, hopefully we enjoy the time together. Love it. Susan, what about you? Hello, um, I am the director of A&R at Domino Records and Domino Publishing, and yeah, I work with Ella and um, many other artists across the uh, Domino Records and Publishing roster. Love it. And Ella, why don't you give us um, a little introduction in case in case uh, folks haven't uh, ever heard of you, which I find hard to believe at this point, but just in case. Oh, that's uh, sweet of you to say, but um, I'm Ella. My full artist name is Ella Minus, and I make electronic music um, in which I sing uh, as well. I think that sums it up. <laughs> yes. And hi, Laura. How are you doing? <laughs> hi, Jasmine. Good, thank you. Um, my name's Laura, and I also work at Domino Records, which is Ella's record label. I handle, um, I work with the digital partners um, alongside Harrison. So that's, uh, you know, any, any digital music service that does, um, that, that has our music on it. I handle that relationship. Amazing. So this is the uh, power squad on stage that makes everything burst out into the universe. I love to hear it. Um, Ella, where are you right now? I know that you were in Colombia for a bit this year. How was that and where are you now? Yes, um, it was both nice and weird being back in Colombia. I haven't lived there for a couple of years now, so it was new <laughs> to be back, like sort of full time. And then obviously in the middle of a, a lockdown, which they were still in when I was there. So that was... Wow real but also just nice to be near my family um and i'm actually now in mexico city uh so yeah where are you i actually don't know where you are <laughs> i'm in los angeles but i think i'd rather be in mexico city um <laughs> you know hanging out with you and eating at all the amazing restaurants there but um <laughs> and you're originally from colombia is that right yes i'm from colombia born born and raised yeah tell us about um your upbringing you know i i only hear of i have not been but i only hear of just incredible live music that kind of fills the streets and it's very common and natural can you tell us what your upbringing was like there sure that was not what my up uh, upbringing was like okay <laughs> uh, uh, very common in smaller uh, towns or like not smaller cities uh, around colombia but i'm from the capital which is bogota um, and I guess uh, my upbringing was filled with music, but I was in a kind of a emo hardcore band since, you know, throughout my teenage years, um, like 11, 12, until I was 19 and moved to the States. Um, and yeah, I always say that, that you know, I, I got to know Colombia traveling with that band and playing like kids hardcore shows all over the country. and. I was, yeah, very lucky to be able to to see my country in that way and to travel so much with music, I guess. But yeah, it was, you know, um, it was different. It's a beautifully complicated place, uh, Colombia is, as I'm, I'm sure, I guess, anybody that has heard the name has some, some sort of idea of how complicated it, it, it is. And that's what uh, growing up there was, just... Um, interesting i guess you you were never bored i'll say that <laughs> yeah. well and you were never bored because you started playing drums at age 11 is that correct yeah. <laughs> yes what what got you into drums why was it drums first well um i i don't know i, I was always uh like i always like magnetized to it for some reason i always loved it and 
I remember my, my, I have an older brother and he was like obsessed with Metallica back then. And I think Metallica's drummer is like, a, you know, he made it, he made the drummer be someone that you knew who it was. I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. You knew who Metallica's drummer was. And I think that wasn't very common with a lot of bands. And for some reason, I paid a lot of attention to that drummer and I, kept telling my mom that I wanted to play drums and she was like well maybe try piano first for a bit and then <laughs> I learned for like years actually before drums and and I think I just kept telling my piano teacher that I actually wanted to play drums and so he started teaching me like more rhythmic stuff on the piano and then I actually got a uh won a raffle at school very uh, yes. lucky and got the money to buy my own drum set so my mom couldn't couldn't stop me anymore that's why I, I was able to start but but yeah anyway I don't really know why but I was I was always just very attracted to drums I loved it I mean I still love them I, I it's weird that I'm doing this thing now uh, where I only use synthesizers because I still very much consider myself first a drummer yeah I have a question about that later um but <laughs> I you know do you think that your older brother listening to Metallica sort of got you into hardcore and emo music or what was it that really got you into that scene at such a young age well no it wasn't my brother it was my friends at i at school i you know i had a very close group of friends so like my parents group of friends they all had kids at the same time so it was essentially i had like three friends that are like my brothers because we were you know we are like six months uh difference in, in age and we were very very close and then they put us at the same preschool same primary school same everything so we were like brothers and then they were very into I'm sorry there's a helicopter over my head for some reason but um, they they were very into like Blink-182 and some 41 and like that sort of scene uh, you know because that was the mainstream back then and but then when I got actually they were starting a band and then we all decided to do a band together and I, I actually played with that band throughout my my teenage years and with them is like I guess we all got into that scene I don't really remember you know how <laughs> just like we made a band and then we got a show and the show was like at an, at an emo like venue and then we just kept playing and we became you know we, that's how we got immersed into that scene and that then turned you know emo turned into hardcore and uh and punk and I just started you know leaving completely just out of the DIY scene in the city and all the, the musical genres that that, you know, that that encompassed. Yeah, you are 100% badass to me. Um, everything that you're saying right now, just to let you know, uh, I'm just picturing like a 13 year old playing drums at like a hardcore show all over Colombia. And I'm like, she is just so badass. So, so you're in this band for a while and then you decide to go to the States um, and you decide to go to Berkeley and I went to Emerson and a cool thing about the colleges in Boston is that you could be a part of this consortium where you could take classes at like five of the colleges. I don't know if you, you remember that or, or, or took advantage of that. Um, but I took a couple classes at Berkeley um, and all my friends went to Berkeley um, I took a crazy class from this music manager who was a little nuts, but it was amazing. Um, tell us about your decision to go to the States, to go to Berkeley. And, and I'd love to hear what you think about Berkeley since I was so close with folks at that school. Um, yeah, that's awesome that you took classes there. I actually do remember <laughs> that we could, uh, you know, take classes from other colleges and I always wanted to. And I, Never did. I don't, I don't know why. Now I, I just have a big regret now that I remembered. You that, were probably yeah. producing a lot of music at that time. That's okay. <laughs> practicing, practicing a lot, actually, more than anything. Practicing drums nonstop. Wow. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. No, I, I guess I had a similar experience as you where I had a lot of friends from different colleges, mostly like Northeastern and BU and the conservatory, too, because... Um, they were just, I think, physically closer, I guess, to Berkeley. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Um, the Berkeley thing for me is weird because it, it honestly, uh, if I'm completely honest, it was kind of a plan B for me. I, you know, my band, we all wanted to go to Berkeley together. Like, mm. 
this band mindset as and and we were 16 you know so obviously like the only thing we were thinking about was keeping the band together forever <laughs> uh and you know in colombia there aren't really any i mean there are now but back then there weren't really any contemporary music schools so we and we did like we were geeks we did wanted to go to school uh, but you know if we stay there it, it would have been going to a conservatory and none of us knew like neither any classical instruments or you know theory or anything so that was not an option and you know berkeley was always like it was always number one on everyone's radar and it was always like the school you would go to if you're a musician mm -hmm. so I guess, and another helicopter, <laughs> I guess, you know, um, everyone in my band wanted to go and I was just trying to fit in with them. <laughs> I was like doing whatever they did. So we all applied and then uh, actually only two of us got in and the other two didn't. Oh, wow. And I was the first one that I was like, it's fine, I won't go, I'll stay with the band. And then the other one that got in was like, fuck you guys, I'm going. <laughs> so then the band uh, broke up and I kind of, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm going too because, um, because this, I know, it would would have been stupid not to. Yeah. So I'm obviously very glad I did, but it was uh, uh, funny how, how I ended up there. And and then when, once I got there, it was like pretty much, you know, I was so uh, challenged all the time because I never, I was completely self-thought up to then. And then I also, I've never played with anybody else that weren't my three best friends since I was born. Mm. So I was completely out of my comfort zone and I com completely like thrown into like this shark you know everyone is so competitive and so good already you know once like nobody goes to Berkeley to learn really everybody goes to like they're already really good and they go to like meet people and you know they like make connections and all of that mm -hmm. I think that's the vibe I got and I was very much in the opposite of like I don't want to meet anyone I just want to learn <laughs> so I got a very uh, I, I have a very different experience I think than most <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was it was tough, but it was also so challenging that I really never had time to like stop and, and really, you know, question what I thought about the school. I was just like in over my head on on practicing and trying to get better and like taking these insanely difficult classes to like just be better and take advantage of the fact that I was there. Um, and then it ended. <laughs> that was pretty much my experience. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I was lucky to get really um, a couple of really good teachers for like private lessons. I was there for for drums mainly. I also studied music synthesis, which is a little bit more, um, I guess, in line with what I'm doing now. Although I pretty much do the opposite of everything they taught me there in electronic <laughs> music. Talk about that too. But yeah, that's pretty much my thumbs it up. I think. <laughs> They'd probably be proud of you that you did everything opposite. Um, I feel like that's actually what they want. But is this kind of where you started to, I guess, fall in love with electronic music and and decide to pivot away from your emo hardcore past? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was mind opening and eye opening everything not only school but you know um when i was in colombia it has changed so drastically even in the past you know 10 years five years colombia but when i was there we had one festival uh like international festival once a year that was free where like like you know bands and musicians from from the states and from europe would come but other than that i really didn't have you know acts like i wasn't there weren't any clubs, there weren't any venues where you could see bands that often, uh, you know, like people like Philippe were doing a lot to like bring bands from the States and like have um, just a bigger scene that, you know, that you could be, uh, you could see DJs and you could see bands from outside the country, but it was really minimal. So when I, when I moved to, to the States, it was like, I was going to every single show I could, like everything, uh, every single party, I, I was just like, so excited to be in a place where live music was, you know, uh, a thing of every week. And I, that absolutely changed my, my perception, my taste, you know, cause I was going to see the bands that I was listening to. And then I, I remember uh, like the emo bands. And then I went to see Radiohead, for example. And I was like, the fuck, mm. <laughs> this is, you know, I, you know, everything started opening up for me, a new world of, of sound and, and of knowledge and, and clubs. And, you know, I, I, I guess my last years at Berkeley, I was getting most of my friends dropped out 
and I wasn't really like in, you know, I didn't get along so much with like the jazz kids and I started going to clubs by myself just to like, you know, I don't know, to go listen to electronic music. And then that's when I got really into into synthesis and, and techno and, and raves and all, all of this universe. Um, it's my life now, basically. So, yeah, absolutely. That's when it all happened for me. That, that's when I changed this, I guess, in life. That's so funny because if we were there at the same time, which maybe we were, I don't know, but we could have partied together because that <laughs> I was going to all the jazz parties too with all the annoying, my annoying jazz friends who just, you know, were insane musicians. But then we would go to raves and all the electronic music and I think we would have partied. Um, so don't worry about those friends. <laughs> You've got new friends. And, you know, you mentioned Philippe. Um, I would love to hear from you, Philippe, about a how long you've been working with Ella how you two got connected and how you were trying to bring artists to Colombia during that time well um it's a it, it's a nice question but a, um, a long one if if we talk with Ella about the whole story but, uh, <laughs> yeah long long story short we have to go back basically on where Ella was uh, with those kids um playing literally emo and and uh, doing shows around the the city i was uh, trying to promote shows in colombia back then already and i got to know them because we were looking for a band to support a scandinavian band called the rasmus i don't know if someone remembers that band um yeah we were we were trying to 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 find the the, the proper support for that band um, uh, locally, and this band called Raton Perez, which is the the name of the band that Ella was mentioning, um, was perfect for for for, for that slot. And uh, through that, we we kind of met. I kind of met the the kids back then because they were fourteen to fifteen. And um, yeah, since then we we know each other. I I get to manage the the band back then, and we worked for for a while till they basically uh, uh, broke up to go and and, and look for uh, studies. And then I mean we with Elam uh, more than our professional uh, thing. We were also friends, and then we kept in contact. And she she was. Uh, like telling me the whole experience that she she was living in 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 Boston and and uh, finally after the years um, I don't know we had a, a very nice encounter in in New York City where uh, we basically spoke about uh, her future and what it could be uh, that she she basically um, tries to do music by herself because she always was the drummer of a band. She always was in the back of a band. Um, and I remember she, she sent me some, some, some synth stuff back in, I don't know, I can for sure uh, tell perhaps a year exactly, but 2013, 2014. And we had this conversation in 2015 where, where yeah, I mean, we, we spoke about the future of uh, uh, basically, Ella doing doing music and uh, and yeah, in that conversation, kind of um, grew up the idea of uh, of Ella Minus and and since then, yeah, basically we're we're working together on on the project and I've, I've been trying to keep keep up on the <laughs> on the uh, bunch of stuff that she has created and that she has done uh, amazingly um, and um, yeah I'm very fortunate to be be part of the of the process that's so cool i mean the fact that you've just seen her in so many different phases and and an evolution and to be a witness you know to her early days and around that's that's amazing i think that's kind of rare um and you know you brought up yella you know your decision now to go solo and make your own music how was that process for you was it as liberating as it was terrifying <laughs> yeah i have to admit it was it's it's more terrifying now but it was way it was only liberating back then because i um because I didn't, I didn't take it seriously, to be honest. I, you know, I, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna make a solo project and this is gonna be it. Or, you know, it was like, oh, I have, 
I have my band and I, I also back then had a job building synthesizers and I, I liked my life and I had nothing on the line with this project. You know, I was sort of like, I know how to use synths and this is fun. Why not? <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was so liberating because it was the opposite of everything I've, I had done before because I've never, I've never worked on my own and I never had the freedom to make all the musical decisions and just all the, all the decisions. And it was absolutely liberating and not scary at all because I, I was like not thinking that it was going to be a serious thing. Um, and actually I keep, you know, not every day, but almost, but almost every day I keep, you know, obviously it's, this project is the, is my, my life now, it's my main thing now. And I, and I do take it very seriously now. Uh, but I, I think the, what made it work for me is that precisely it started so free and so, um, yeah, like on uninterested and 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 just I only wanted to make music. That's really it. And I think the freedom of of being and um, you know the the not challenge the um, fortune of of being able to have to like make music without having to you know feel the need to succeed or to to make it a real thing or a real project or even to to live off of it was priceless. Um, and I, and I always try to keep that in everything I do, even now when when all of those things are different. And it's the main thing I do with my time, but trying to keep that freedom and that like um, just spirit of, of of being a little kid, doing what you love and with people you love and have like make sure that everyone's having fun and, and feeling inspired by it. That's like, that's it for me. Totally. The question was how I got to that. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and you know there there comes pressure when when a lot of fans start to show up, and and but it's such a blessing to have all those fans, which you do, and so I'd love to hear about Ryan and Doctor Me, and you know when you came in the picture, Ryan, and and how was that process in terms of figuring out what it was going to look like and how it was going to match the music. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I joined Ella on this journey right at the start. I think, I think you already had the tracks and the song titles, but I don't think we you had this, like a strong idea of what the visual identity would be. Um, but it was lucky enough because Ella actually came to Manchester to visit us at our studio, which now in this day and age seems crazy in a world full of zoom meetings. But that was probably like the best. That was probably like the best thing that could have happened because I find um, when working on with working with artists as a designer, um, when you have that kind of personal connection, like face to face, is even is like the best. Um, that's when you kind of it doesn't become it's less than it's not really a job anymore. It's more of a collaboration, and that's exactly what I think that me and me and Ella kind of just naturally fell into. Um, there was like a couple of ideas floating around on the first meet. Um, and I remember you were, Ella had like a mood board with a, the photographer, Teddy Fitzhugh, some photos of his on it. So that was an idea that he was going to take these kind of black and white. That was kind of his style, this kind of like really contrast black and white imagery. Um, so the, that was kind of like what we ran with. Um, but then obviously we got the pictures back and it was, these are beautiful shot and digital photos. But, um, the, at the time, the title of the um, album was called Little Acts of Rebellion. I don't know if I'm allowed to share that, Ella. Sorry. No, no, no. So, but and the whole and the whole concept was kind of like this kind of this punk attitude, but not doing it in a not doing it in a kind of um, abrasive, um, violent way. It's kind of like how how can we get across this idea of every day having little acts of um, shit. What <laughs> Rebellion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said it before. Um, so this, the idea was that I would take the idea that we had these beautiful digital photos and how can we kind of like mess with them subtly and slightly to get this message across. So I had to, so with our studio, it's a very kind of hands-on collage-based practice that we do. Um, so I kind of wanted to inject that into it somehow. So literally took the these really amazing photographs, printed them on a kind of cheap a4 desktop printer um scanned it in maybe scanned it and printed it out about 10 times to get less natural grain rather than trying to create a digital grain wow um 
and then like the pink tape was kind of something that again from the initial conversations we had with Ella it was something that kind of she kind of I, I, I feel like you definitely brought up in conversation that you had a lot of pink tape on all your machines yeah um, I remember when when I was telling you I had like my phone in my hand and yeah my phone had tape on it <laughs> like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that was kind of like the the real life inspiration for that um and I also had this like using this like neon pink tape um which is kind of synonymous with um music people use it like not just Ella got some musician friends who also use like this pink tape just seems like all sound decks have them on it um but also it kind of like spoke they kind of had this kind of um don't know harks back to the kind of kind of sex pistols as cliche as it sounds punk aesthetic artwork um which again was I think kind of there was like this underground well judge for me what you've just said well your background in emo and hardcore punk bands I think it was kind of like a weird happy accident that that's kind of where we ended up although it was completely inspired by the kind of the top the the vibe of the music after listening to it a few times and just from meeting you <laughs> so yeah that's where how we ended up there for the, the kind of visual identity of everything the whole campaign going forward yeah, I love it. I, I, I've, I've eaten it all up. It's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's raw, um, mm-hmm. and it matches the just when you look at all of the synthesizers and all of the wires that you have, Ella. It just all makes sense. Um, it's very beautiful. So, I'm excited to see what else y'all come up with as as the months and years go on. Um, yeah, let's too. talk. Yeah. yeah. I just have to say I am too, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I think for me, the collaboration with Ryan has honestly, and, and with the studio has been a dream, because I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm just very happy <laughs> with our work together. I agree, I agree. It's, it, that's, what, that's what my main point is, it feels like a complete collaboration rather than a kind of, because we do a lot of other design jobs, but this doesn't feel like, never feels like, never feels like a job, it's always like more of a, a joy. Oh, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> like an art project that's great yeah exactly that's how, yeah yeah that's how it should always feel um mm-hmm. so let's talk about domino records i'd love to hear from harrison carlos susan or laura um can one of you tell us i guess the story of how you started working with ella and you know carlos and susan uh your a and r's like it's i'd love to hear how you got attracted to Ella's sound and brought her into the family. Well, Carlos is the one that initially brought Ella to, to our attention, um, working through the publishing company. And um, I remember him passing along some tracks and just, and like really liking it. But um, for the label side of things, you know, I really have to kind of see somebody play and kind of get a, a very like, visual take on what they're doing and and have that feeling which has been a funny thing in this last year because it's like not something that's possible to do but um you know after he passed along some music and and we went to go see her play it just felt really really immediate and kind of like it would be ridiculous not to work with her and once you meet her it just all kind of coalesces into exactly why you would want to be around her all the time and, and make art with her and, and see what she's going to do next. Um, and we also had a co-worker in the UK at the time named Katie who was interested in the project too. So it just had this like global connection already between the, the offices and the different parts of the company that, that just made it like the perfect fit for us. Um, I don't know if Carlos, you want to add to that at all? Yeah, that's pretty spot on. Uh, I was introduced to Ella's music through actually a pre uh, a current domino artist, Ostra. Um, we, she invited me to the show and I saw Ella play at elsewhere and I just kind of left like, oh my God, what is this? And just the sight of the machines and the, the analog synthesizers and uh, it was like a electronic show with punk energy. I remember leaving kind of like, confused but i wanted to know way more and then uh yeah after that hung out with ella a couple of times and uh just really connected and felt very strongly about working with ella on the publishing side at domino Uh, but that also extended to the record side started talking with susan about how we can best 
uh, approach and uh, continue to help elevate Ella's world. And uh, yeah, it felt very, very natural of kind of speaking back to Ryan's point, where it's like uh, happy communities, collaborative, everything is quite organic that it was such a no brainer that, uh, yeah, it's and it continues to be like still very fun, um, which I think is the, the biggest testament you can say about a working relationship, you know? Yeah. And Harrison, you know, I feel like, I feel like a lot of you on the stage clearly listen to a lot of music and different artists and you're always looking for something that you're inspired by, but also is going to work for your label or that you see the potential to grow. How was that for you and, you first heard Ella's music or heard her play? Yeah, I think the first time I heard Ella was probably, yeah, from Susan and Carlos. And I think it was, uh, they told us, well, one of the songs on Axe Rebellion. And it's just like, I think I heard it and I just kind of like sent it to all my friends. And the, and actually one of my friends was like, oh, I love I loved Ella Mine and she's like amazing. I've been following her for years. And so I was like, okay this is great and so then you know being on like the digital sales side of things basically it's just my job's kind of just to talk her up you know as much as I can to everyone else um and I feel like it's really easy with Ella because just her um you know her visual identity is so strong and just the you know, and the music's so great you know so it makes my job way easier when you know when you have an artist that's like dedicated like that so um yeah that's awesome and you know with everything combined and especially the visuals to match the music you you recently performed at chanel's fall winter 2021-22 couture show and you you stuck in line with your pink and black and white (laughs) like i mean i was just so impressed can you can you walk us through how that opportunity came about and what it was like for you. Sure. Uh, I'm still not over it. I mean, this was like three <laughs> days. So I'm still like, uh, it, I guess uh, Michel Gobert, who is a music supervisor who works with Chanel, um, uh, got the album when it came out and he loved it. And he actually wanted um, me to play at the, at the, I guess that was the winter uh, couture show that you know they that didn't happen obviously because i couldn't travel and i couldn't and also they couldn't have a an audience but they still use they told us for the closing of that show which was a beautiful moment and then i guess they still they loved the moment both michelle and and chanel and they wanted me to to come perform and so you know basically as as soon as they knew that they could have a a small um audience for this show they they invited me and yeah it was a uh, a dream that I didn't know I had, but definitely a dream. Like I just never even imagined that I could, you know, be working or like playing on, on or even just related, you know, <laughs> to like, not related, but, you know, have a relationship with um, a fashion house like that. And, you know, everything from from the fitting, choosing the, the clothes to, you know, working with their, their like production team and like where exactly where the scenes needed to be placed. So they were like perfectly... Um, perfectly like matching everything in the room was was an incredible experience. I loved it. Um, they also let me stay in brand because I was like, I <laughs> very specific about only wearing black and white like on on the venue. And then I was like, oh, they're gonna have a heart attack when they see the the case with you know I have like <laughs> everything is different colors. Everything's a mess and like not a mess, but you know. For someone that doesn't know what's happening, it looks like a mess, I think. But yeah, it, they, they, I think very, they were very aware of what they were um, getting themselves into, I think, very consciously. And uh, they loved it. And it was, yeah, it was a, an amazing experience. I'm very happy and hope, I hope I can do it again, honestly, like this, um, this like matrimony between, you know, fashion and music. And it's just so, so interesting. Like there's so, so much potential, I think, there that I just didn't even think of before. And this show opened, opened it up for me. So I'm excited to um, for this to be the first of many. Hopefully. I love it. 
And, you know, another big thing this year is that you are part of the first on SoundCloud artists for 2021, which is humongous. And I'd love to hear, and especially because you already were playing music and doing your own music at such a young age. Do you remember when you first discovered SoundCloud? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's like a specific moment, you know, it's, I do remember it was like in a moment it was cooler than MySpace. You know, it was like the cooler <laughs> kid at SoundCloud, and then the non-cool kids were still on MySpace. And then it just everybody moved to SoundCloud, and I, I remembered loving that. For me, it felt very much like a um, musicians-only community at first because all my friends were sending me private tra- private tracks on SoundCloud, which I don't think you could do in any other platform um so it's like the way between friends to share music and and then obviously it became more of a not only musicians community just like a you know the comments and like having messages but having no other distraction but the music on it was just cool (laughs) i don't know if i have a special like a specific moment when i remember finding out i remember just it was like a a transition and then you know still now like even with my you know more uh Every type of, every every size musician, I guess is what I'm trying to say, still sends like private SoundCloud links. I think that's the, the common denominator between everyone. So that's yeah. um special thing I think only SoundCloud has. And you made a good point that I've never actually thought about, which is it, it highlights nothing but the music and it, it's it's, there's no distractions or other clout tools <laughs> to big yourself up. It's really like if the music is good, it will go far. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a very good point. Great. And and speaking of music, um, I was just playing um, your Little Dragon remix earlier when we started The Room. What, you know, new music is in the works and and what new remixes are coming out? Give us, give us the whole deal. Uh, I... <laughs> There's a remix coming out in a couple of weeks that I guess, um, well, I don't know. I'm very excited about it because I'm a huge fan of of uh, the project. It's called For Those I Love. Uh, and it was, I mean, actually speaking of visual identity, I love that album also because of the visual identity. And I think if you guys um, listen to it and, and see the videos and the artwork, it's, I want to believe sort of in the same universe as, as I feel like I am in, like a lot of black and white and, it's, I don't know, I loved it since the first single. And and then, I, you know, I've followed this guy throughout, you know, the singles and then the album release and I love it. And every, you know, I'm just a very big fan. And then when they asked me to do a remix, I like, it's probably the one that I'm most um, excited about. I, and that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And then new music, I cannot say, but um, <laughs> I'm working uh, on that. And also shows are gonna be back. So I think first, for, you'll listen to the new, the new music on the shows first, um, which I think is really exciting because that's the way. If you knew my music before or or now, I've always play play the music live first, and then I go home and record it. So I think that's I'm excited that I'm gonna have the opportunity to do that again because I've been working on new music and I'm gonna play it in the shows I have coming up, which is you know playing the U.S. in September and October and then back on February with Caribou. So if you want to hear new music, you should come to the shows first. Oh, and then actually also we have um, uh, a remix of one of my songs uh, coming out in also a couple of weeks by some really dear friends called Busca Buja. Um, and they remixed the last song on my album called Close. So that actually is also coming out. So actually a lot of new music, now that I say it out loud all in one place. Yeah, there's a lot. And I say this every talk, but um, it would be great to get the um, VIP ticket for your Los Angeles show. And I will wear strictly um, hot pink and black um, black for you. you. (laughs) To be perfectly matching the Ella Minus uniform. Just wear black. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, you know, congrats on all of that touring coming up because, listen, the 
the kids out here are ready to party. Um, every event that I've been to in the past couple of weeks since things have been opened has just been madness. And I think it's just coming from a year of everyone being isolated and inside and just ready to connect and go crazy listening to music. So I'm sure all those shows will be nuts. Um, and right now, yeah. And right now um, I'm going to ask a question to the whole group. But as I do that, if you have a question for Ella or her team, you can raise your hand now and we'll bring you up um, in a second. But one thing that I like to do at the end of each talk is have everyone answer either one or two of these questions. One is, and and this is really helpful for anyone in music, whether you are in front of the camera and on stage like you, Ella, or if you're a manager like you, Philippe, or if you're a designer, or creative director like you, Ryan, or, or folks that are in the music business like Susan, Carlos, and Harrison, like the, this question kind of covers anyone that's in, interested in music. Um, we'd love to know if there was a time where you wanted to give up on your passion, on what you're doing now, but you decided not to. Or you can answer what you're so excited to see in the future from Ella. So I'm going to go around and kind of ask everyone that. And you can share your words of wisdom because they definitely help people out. Uh, Harrison, I'm putting you on the spot. The question is, is there a time specifically like in, in music where you wanted to give up um, and you decided not to and to keep going? Hmm. Um, you know, I think definitely uh, any career in music, it's a lot. I mean, a lot of it at the beginning is just going to be sort of like terrible. You you know, you might be working at some place you don't like or something or, or, you know, you don't like the music as much as really you'd like to. But you basically, you know, you have to get your. So I feel like a lot of that beginning portion is definitely kind of being like, don't work here. Like, there's no reason to don't work in music, you know, you can do something else. But then I think, um, honestly, once I got the job at Domino, I was like, okay, what I'm doing, I'm on the right path of like, you know, all these, I love all the artists on Domino, like, I mean, Animal Collective, like, you know, destroyed my life. That was like all I cared about, you know, when I was 15. So like, to just be on that, uh, to be on that label, I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing something right. Um, so yeah, that was probably the moment for me. But yeah. Yeah. Shout to Animal Collective. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, what about you? Or, you know, what are you most excited about to see from Ella? Uh, I'm excited for all things Ella going forward. Um, and yeah, like Harrison, one of my moments where I really wanted to give up, I think, was I've been in New York for nine years now. And there are a couple of moments where, you know, I couldn't, quote unquote, get my foot in the door. I had a very strong passion for being as close to the point of creation with artists, uh, whether that be A&R or through records or music publishing. I just didn't know how, where to start until I really figured out that what was what was valuable wasn't necessarily the, the job title. It was more about like who you were kind of continuously sharing music with. And um, yeah, once I kind of, kind of uh, was stubborn enough to continue um, I think that really uh, helped me. And honestly, whenever you, it's all worth it. Whenever we have artists play live and Ella does like an amazing show and you just leave, like if I can capture that moment in a bottle, I would, totally would. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of been my journey. Love it. Words of wisdom for real. Ryan, what about you? Uh, yeah, um, well, it's not it's not music based, but um, I'm still like being on a I'm being a, a self run my own studio for with someone with my partner Eddie for the past ten years. Um, I never worked for like a real kind of agency or anything. We've kind of everything done everything ourselves. So maybe about not six seven years ago, kind of like hit a wall. Kind of maybe wasn't making as much money as we would have liked and we, the work we were doing wasn't kind of like challenging us as much and we but we had to do so much work so we never had time to make our own work and stuff like that and I kind of was a bit jaded also living in Manchester in the grey of Manchester 
but then an opportunity arose for me to kind of change my whole surroundings um and I moved to the south of France with my no wife um and then eventually moved back to Manchester but with a definitely a fresher perspective and uh yeah really kind of that kind of really helped me just to kind of change my whole surroundings um quite abruptly um but yeah that's kind of what helped me on my when I hit when I wanted to give up I love that story thank you for sharing uh, Philippe, you've been at this a long time. I'm sure you have a few things to share. <laughs> yeah, I had some several moments of uh, of literally wanting to give up, not because of music, but because uh, living um, from music is is pretty tough at some moments, and uh, you basically learn that you have to stick till till the bottom of it, till the um, yeah, till the deepest of the holes and all of a sudden you have to be lucky also a little bit then you kind of yeah, see the light at some point and you have to fight for it and uh, never yeah, hopefully never give up music has a lot of uh, of sides and of opportunities and uh, you have to stick on your beliefs and in your dreams and, and yeah, it seems like um yeah, music is 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 at some point um, very grateful to the work you put in into. So um, yeah, I'm lucky. I've been working in in, in the music industry for so long, and uh, really looking forward to to see Ella live again. Uh, she's gonna play Pitchfork in Chicago. She's gonna tour the states, playing uh, Atlanta, Denver, LA. She's gonna play also New York, which is kind of her hometown since the the past few years and uh, she's going to play primavera sound in in barcelona next year so there's a bunch of opportunities to see her live and i'm really looking forward to to experience that live live uh, show again well that's huge congratulations you are booked and busy for all of 2022 <laughs> <laughs> um susan what about you um, yeah, I think, you know, to Harrison's point, I think you have to work through a few jobs or moments in this business that you might not be super stoked on before you get to the place that you want to be. And and I think that, you know, anybody that ends up in the place they want to be is like we all have is kind of just a testament to the hard work and the endurance that you have to have to to get to that place and you know I did commercial radio promotions before I got into A&R and that was definitely not not for me and um, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until I finally got a project through um, at my last label I've been doing this for 17 years now so um, it's just a pure delight I mean sometimes in the beginning it's hard but when you get to work with artists I mean look what we get to do for a living it's, un it's unbelievable it's just like I can't believe we get paid to do this sometimes. It doesn't mean there's not <laughs> moments that aren't like super hard or challenging, but, but, you know, in the end you get to put art into the world and like work with amazing artists like Ella. And, you know, the, this is just the beginning for her. Like, what am I excited about for her? It's like everything we've just started. So it feels like, you know, we, this is just the first step and what I know is going to be like a really exciting journey for, for this whole team. So I'm super stoked for that. Oh, I love that. Very true words. Um, Ella, what about you? It, it sounds like you've, you've kind of followed like the waves of life, if that makes sense. Like you seem to be pretty open with following the ebbs and flows of where life takes you and you kind of go off of your instinct a lot. Um, but was there a time where you were about to be like, no more music, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> and then you're like, no, 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 no. Let me keep going. Uh, well, thank you. First of all, that's nice. Also, it's raining really hard where I am now. So I don't know if you hear noise, but um, I, I don't think of, I think the closest I've been to feeling that way was when I started La Minus, but it was not that I was tired of music. I was just tired of, of uh, um, being in, being in, I guess contexts like bands where everybody cared about everything else except the music. And that was just very frustrating for me. So I think after like 
so many years of, you know, just wanting to play. And then my first band broke up for whatever. And then just, you know, bands kept either breaking up or just making, in my opinion, shitty music because they were concerned about making it and not just having fun and making good music. Um, definitely there was a moment there where I was like, well, you know, it wasn't like I'm going to stop making music. It was like, you know, I can just build synths for a living and play drums on the side. That's fine. That's a happy life too. Um, but then but then this happened. Instead of like giving up, I guess, I just decided to, to try a different approach and realized that the problem wasn't the music. The problem was the, the people around me and how, you know, the like the pressure everyone kept putting on the music. And I think once I was able to pinpoint that and I took that away from the music and kept what mattered to me, which was the music, um, everything started, you know, working again. And yeah, so that that was my experience. And I think that's a good story to tell because there are a lot of people who are in bands, especially at a young age. And I think it's really tough sometimes when bands break up and only later in retrospect, do you realize that that was the best thing that could have happened for everyone. Um, and, and going solo is not always, you know, the, uh, the easiest route to go, but the fact that you've done it and you stuck to the music at the forefront and having it pay off and now you're touring. I mean, it's a beautiful story. It's very inspiring to watch. And, I love what Susan said about it just starting. So um, if anyone has a question, ask it now or forever hold your peace. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ella, have you, I don't know how much time you spent in LA, but have you ever heard of or been to Emo Night? Oh, no, actually, neither. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so it's Emo Night spelled N-I-T-E. Has anyone else on stage been to Emo Night in LA? No, no, no. <laughs> an emo night, but uh, not in LA. Okay, so they're, I think they're touring everywhere in the US as well. But I don't know if this is going to be like a great experience for you filled with nostalgia, or it's going to be like too many past memories that you don't want to remember. I have no idea. But it's a night where they strictly play emo music. It's like a 1000 people. And it is just wild and they've, they've gotten so big that they tour and I think it'd be really fun for you to go one night. It's like a, it's like a band that does covers or it's like a, just a night that they play like a playlist, you know? Yeah, playlist? that. There's DJs that just play like your favorite, <laughs> your favorite emo songs. They're not, they're not a band at all. Um, but wow. it, it, it is wild and I think it would be inspiring for you. <laughs> inspiring, but definitely fun. <laughs> but maybe inspiring, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would I would be curious to see even how many songs do I, you know, recognize. Remember? I, <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Uh, I think I got like 5% of the bands that were in the US. I've learned like with like American friends now. We're like, oh, yeah, we had the same emo past. And then I'm like, I know five out of ten bands that you know. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, <laughs> it'll be fun to try. I'll, uh, I'll look it up next time I'm in L.A. Okay. Sure. Um, and five out of ten is still more than a lot of people. So don't, don't uh, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back for that. So, okay. <laughs> um, so please, everyone in the audience, follow everyone on this stage. There's lots more coming from Ella and her team, um, Domino, and also everything that she's doing with SoundCloud this year for First on SoundCloud, along with all the other amazing artists on the roster. I just want to thank you all for chatting with us today on this Wednesday. Thank you. I mean, and thank everybody. It was, um, I know I talk to all of you every day, except for Jasmine, but it was still <laughs> nice to, um, to hear you, everybody. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> no, thank you for, for being here. Yeah. And we can't wait for tour and new remixes and new music. So keep us in the loop. We will be there, uh, VIP section all the way. And uh, we'll fly to Barcelona, whatever we need to do uh, to support you. And 
Also, everyone, please follow the SoundCloud Club, Little Greenhouse on the top. We do this every Wednesday, featuring the first on SoundCloud artists. And it is such a pleasure. I love doing this. Ella, it's been so cool to just find out more about you. You are my Boston college sister from afar. Um, we definitely would have been friends back then. And I love your whole team. And good luck to everyone with what you have coming up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, this was really fun. Thank you for doing it with us. Of course. All right, fam. We will see you next Wednesday. Make sure you follow the SoundCloud Club. I'm Jasmine Solano signing off and see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.